Today's reading is from Mark 2, verses 18 to 22. Jesus is questioned about fasting. Now, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours the new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the wine will burst and the skins and both and burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I wonder if you've ever had to wait for a picture. Oh, there it is. I wonder if you've ever had to uh, have the misfortune to need one of these. Yeah, one or two. It's not something I've ever had to use, although uh, I did break a bone in my arm when I was about eight. Oh. <laughs> no, you can do better than that. Oh. <laughs> a crutch, such a helpful aid for those finding it difficult to walk around. Such a handy addition to make life easier. And such a useful picture for people wanting to belittle Christianity and sneer at those who follow Jesus. But one attack on Christianity is that it's merely a crutch. The assertion is that following Jesus is only for poor, feeble souls who need some help to cope with life. Christianity is not for the strong, but only for the weak. It's a bolt-on to help sad people get by. And just as we might have sympathy towards someone who has need of a crutch, in order to walk, so we should have sympathy for those who have to rely on Christianity in order to handle living. Well, one way to argue against this idea that Christianity is a crutch is to say, well, yes, it is. And I am not too proud to admit that I'm weak and I need Jesus in my life. These people who claim to be strong and have no need of Jesus don't yet realise that in fact they are weak. They need some crisis in their life to come to their senses and to follow Jesus. It's one approach and uh, it's one that I took for a while. In fact, I was proud of the fact that, that I saw myself as weak. But the problem is that this approach is fundamentally flawed because it relies on the same idea that the critics use, that following Jesus is an add-on. And Jesus said this approach is like sewing a new patch of cloth onto an old garment. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. So now we 
We may not go so far as to say that following Jesus is like using a crutch, but we might still have that underlying thought that Christianity is something akin to an add-on. So when folk come to faith, the idea that Jesus is an add-on means they might express coming to faith as, I've invited Jesus into my life. A new piece of cloth sewn onto my old life. I might not be weak, but I can still view faith only as a means to improve my life. You know, Jesus, uh, just like I might go to the gym to uh, develop my body. I hadn't, by the way. Um, so I go to church to enhance my soul. Following Jesus gives me something extra in my life. And Jesus says, no. Christianity is not something we add on something extra to enhance my life. Jesus is not like a new patch we can sew onto our old life. <clears throat> Following Jesus means we have a new life, a life no longer centred around me, but centred around God's kingdom. And if we try and sew Jesus onto a me-centred life, then it may well pull our life apart. Following Jesus is meant to be just that, following Jesus. It's not meant to be Jesus tagging along beside me, seeking to help me in the pursuit of my dreams. Jesus is more. He's much more than a crutch, much more than a new piece of cloth sewn onto my present life. No, it's like God giving me a new garment, a new life. Not just patching out the old, but making me be something entirely new. Great news. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And these words of Jesus are a warning to make sure that we turn our backs on our old life and instead we embrace the new life, a life following Jesus. I wonder if you've ever heard of Thomas Midgley Jr. He's probably any environmentalist's worst nightmare. During the 20th century, he patented putting lead into petrol. Hmm. Leaded petrol, great idea. He didn't foresee the widespread pollution it would cause. But not content with just lead in petrol, he also created CFCs. A second massive disaster. One man the cause of so much environmental damage. Fortunately now we've begun to wake up to what we're doing to our planet. I'm old enough to remember one milestone in this wake-up call, the changeover from leaded petrol to unleaded. It began in the UK in June 1986, so 35 years ago. 
So suddenly, along with the red-handled pumps for leaded petrol, these strange new green ones for unleaded petrol started appearing. The good news was that old cars could be converted to run on unleaded petrol. The bad news was that you had to be alert when you filled up your car. Because if you inadvertently put new unleaded petrol into an unconverted car, the engine started making lots of horrible noises and clanking sounds. Fortunately, I didn't ever make that mistake, although I did come pretty close once or twice. Anyone ever put the wrong petrol? No, no one owning up. Okay. Over, okay. Good one. You can probably see where this is going. Jesus said, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins. But there's more. Diesel cars that are now seen as a major blight on the environment became really popular from the mid-1990s till about 2015 when the thinking on them changed. Well, if you thought that mixing what type of petrol was bad, unleaded for leaded, try putting diesel in a petrol-powered car, or vice versa. A friend of mine did that and had to have the whole engine cleaned up and the whole thing was terrible, a complete disaster. Massive, costly mistake. It's so serious, mixing up diesel and petrol, that there's often a warning stickers on filler caps to say what to use. Jesus said, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins. This is serious. It's a warning for us to take notice of. A warning to say that the consequences are costly if we try and do that. If we try and fit Jesus into our old way of life, the new and the old, they don't mix. Actually, I think what Jesus said about new wine and old wine skins is even more radical and severe than that. It isn't simply like the difference between leaded and unleaded, or even the difference between petrol and diesel. It's more akin to the changeover we're going through now. The difference between petrol and electric. The boom in electric cars is starting to escalate so that in a few years it's projected we won't have petrol cars at all. Now no one mixes electricity with petrol, otherwise there's likely to be sparks and a big explosion. Jesus wants us to realise that about following him. We can't follow Jesus and our old way of life. The new and the old simply don't mix. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the wine will burst the skins. And both the new wine and the wineskins will be ruined. Now they pour new wine into new wineskins. So the difference between new and old wineskins was this. 
When they were first made, uh, when they were new, wineskins were flexible and supple, nice fresh leather, easily bendable. But as they got older, the wineskins dried out. They became brittle and could crack easily. Old wineskins were fine for old wine, which was settled, stable, inert. But new wine was different. New wine was fresh. New wine was still fermenting. New wine was living and active. New wine was still producing gases. An old wine, an old wine skin could not cope. The gases would burst the skin. No new wine needed new wine skins. And the new wine that Jesus gives to us when we follow him is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings new life. And the new wine, the Holy Spirit, is fresh and fermenting. The Holy Spirit is not inert, no way. The Holy Spirit is living and active working to grow in us the fruit of love and joy and peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. The Holy Spirit is living and active. Come to give us powerful gifts for, for use in his service. We simply cannot contain the Holy Spirit if we want to follow our old life the wineskin will burst. The Holy Spirit is much too alive and active for that. So Jesus' words are a warning to make sure that we leave our old life behind and instead we embrace the new life, a life driven by the Holy Spirit. A life following Jesus and a life driven by the Spirit. So how do we leave this old life behind? I must admit that my life has been more like driving a hybrid car. You know a hybrid car sometimes uses petrol, sometimes electric. And in my life sometimes I'm resisting the Holy Spirit and following my own desires. And at other times I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit and following Jesus closely doesn't seem to be a once-off decision to yield to the Holy Spirit, but a moment-by-moment -moment choice. When Jesus first calls us to follow him, we say no to self and yes to Jesus for the first time. But then it's a choice we have to make repeatedly as we go through our life. And for me, sometimes this choice is harder than at other times. Denying self is never that easy, and sometimes extremely difficult. But the more we do it, the more conscious we are that the choice is there, because we become familiar with the Holy Spirit prompting us. Following Jesus means we no longer have to live our life blindly following our own desires. We have been drawn into God's story and his plans. 
Let's pray now for ourselves and our journey with Jesus that we may ever yield to the prompting and working of the Holy Spirit within us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words that you have said. Thank you, Lord, that uh, you're warning to us about trying to sew a new patch onto an old garment. And Lord, we pray that in our life we would just receive from you a totally new garment, that we wouldn't try and mix you and our old life together. Thank you, Lord, for your picture of wine and wineskins, and we thank you and bless you that you pour your Holy Spirit into our lives. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to yield to you, to allow the living and active and such a live Holy Spirit to work in us. Help us, Lord, to receive from you. Lord, so that there's less of me, more of you. Lord, more of you, less of me. Thank you, the Holy Spirit, that you are living and active and work powerfully in our lives. Lord, help us to receive more. Lord, change us so that we have that lovely fruit of your Spirit. Enable us, Lord, to take on board the gifts that you want to give to us so that we may work for you and serve you better. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've called us to follow you. And we pray that as we seek to follow you, we would know your Holy Spirit allowing us and enabling us to let go of the old life and to take on board more of the new life that you have for us. Amen.